mailbag review podcast, powered by Punning Forms, Sector Data, Goat, Lager, and Betfair.com.au. Uh, we've got Mark Roden, Pro Punner, Champion Bets, and Winning Edge, joining Rob Scurry, Pistol Pete, Anfinus, and I. We're going to cover Rose Hill and look at Flemington. Uh, we've got races five, get your pens out, five, six, seven, eight, and nine from Rose Hill. Mark Roden, how are you? Big for you. Uh, very well indeed, Jack. Uh, good morning to you and Pete and Rob. Scuzz, inside, outside, dart, golf today, what's on? Um, inside, outside, dart happening as we speak. You know, very excited to be on the Monday morning pod. And, um, nah, probably just hit, hit the range maybe, you know, half an hour. Sneaky Pete, how'd you pull up? I think we had a race Saturday night. You might have been uh, sh- shooting for the stars and apparently you've made more ground than catch me. Yeah, I've come from <laughs> back last. I've gone through the worst going. Um, done the triple trio Saturday night and ended up in all sorts driving out to York on uh, yesterday for the sky and then managed to somehow get home and not crash my car into a million pieces. So I'm good. Good result, well done. Speaking of uh, uh, bias, we've got a bias report from Punting Form, uh, Punting Form Analytics, which is a new tool that uh, they've created, which is sort of market leading. Now, lanes three to four best going in the straight, slightly over rails and run, and if you've got five or wider, you're very much uh, in the worst going. Mark, would you agree with that report? Uh, yeah, to an extent. It was the, um, the key was that rails in run um, early in the race, you know, b- before the straight was, that was where the, the bias really kicked in. It was really at its most uh, most critical. Uh, you could make ground off the straight and I'm not shocked to hear that three to four off was considered absolute best in the straight, but quite a few winners came uh, down that part of the track. Um, but uh, scouting wider than that was uh, was no good either. Yeah, and obviously you wanted to be on pace, so I over a length advantage to horses that were forward, uh, midfield was disadvantaged and rear was severely disadvantaged. So, Rob Scurry, my man, your man, our man, how'd you see race five, mate? Had they parade any sort of horses we want to take forward? Oh, look, yeah, um, this is a good, good race uh, with Dulcify. Um, it, of course, you know, Superior had come on just as I kind of hoped he would and just looked outstanding. Outstanding. Um, the map, the map said he couldn't win. Uh, the winner, um, oh, look, it, for a gay waterhouse horse, it's got a lot of improvement in it. You know, um, I, I left it out of the numbers. Um, Castle Vecchio was in the numbers. I thought it, it'd come back as you'd like. He was, he was a bit towy, um, but plenty of condition. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think, think the winner, I'm very, very keen to follow Superium um, wherever he goes as well. They've only got a length. They've got a length slow here to the 600 and come home 3.3 fast. Overall yeah. figure 2.3 fast. So it's a slow early and a slow finish for the for the class. Mark, what sort of strength do you take then from that going forward this race? Uh, I think the two that got the best runs in the race ran one two, um, and I think Castelvecchio's was totally unsuited. So we'll have another look at him. I think he's the style of horse. Uh, not doubting his ability, but he's a style of horse I hate backing in general. Um, uh, we'll talk about another one later on, trope, you know, there's get back run on, you know, flashing light, flashing light, flashing light, they just, you don't finish in front of them, in my opinion. You look at Castel Castelvecchio ended up winning the Champagne, and he was $2.80 or something when he won, so you've had to, you've gone through the ringer about three or four times, and you're, you know, under two to one the day he wins. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think oh, we, I got a message on Twitter, actually. Um, you might have as well, Mark. We've sort of potted uh, 
the good horse, the hawk's horse exceedance next start sort of thing. It's the sort of horse that needs everything to go right. And again, that's, just sort of found that tractor didn't suit and it got done. So, Pete, did you find anything here in race five you thought worth noting for the punters at home? No, I'm going to follow Rob. I'm going to go with Superior next start. It was snicked early. It was too far back. It was in the worst mm. part of the track in the straight. It just... Yeah, you did nothing wrong there, Rob. The horse jumped well from that wide barrier and was just restrained in the first couple of hundred. So they, I mean. they said they were get, they said they were going to do that, um, and, and then it happened. And I was like, why, <laughs> why, why, why? And then, and then it just the way it just kind of whacked home in the works part of the ground. And I'm like, oh, people are going to see the run. It's it's a bloody good horse. Uh, I, I said after its first run, it run a hole in the Golden Rose and. You know, with all these sprinters, these 1,200-metre types, I think a horse like him, um, you know, just, just just go forward, put on a moderate to good gallop, and, and he'll be whacking away at the 100 and, and, and wanting wanting to find the line. Righto, race six, the run to the rose. Speaking of the Golden Rose, 1,200 metres, group two, bivouac, return serve, and sort of took the crown back. Uh, it's a proper horse, I reckon. Um, really nice ride. What they sort of parade like, Robert? Oh, you know, like, like bloody good horses, like run of the rose type horses. And and I, I potted Bivouac after the loss the other week, and um, you know, another day, um, you know, I have a bet on him here. I, I had him in the numbers third, and I said, you know, wanted to hate him, um, but you know, if you looked at the map, Mark, your map just had him just leading. They've got they've gone slow. Um, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's bounced back. He, he'd put on condition to my eye. He'd, like, really trained on, and, and he looked he look, he look ready to go uh, in the they've gone. Speaking of how they've gone, they've gone 3.2 lengths fast to the 600 and come home an enormous 10.7 lengths fast, an overall figure of 13.9. It's an even-even tempo uh, for the class, um, punning form class benchmark, but it's a really big figure, and Bivouac has returned the biggest number on the entire card. Mark? Thoughts, SP profiles, rain strong again, eh? Certainly did. I, I stuck with him. I, after we reviewed that race the other week, I, 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 wasn't, I was a bit forgiving a bit, bit of whack, but I wasn't exactly sure which way I was going to go when they met in this race. And I, I ended up pricing them uh, together. I had them equal top pick, so I had to be on Bivouac. Um, you know, you look in, in hindsight, Bivouac was flat second up last time on the wet track, even though he ha you know, has handled them before. He was going onto a very wet track and he was second up, he's raised flat. Exceedance has picked first up and he's been a little bit flat and unsuited second up. So they sort of just intersected, one going up, one going down. And um, yeah, the Bivouac's returned to that uh, form he showed at Caulfield and maybe even exceeded it. And um, yeah, the price was very acceptable in the end. Now, the big question is though, if I'm young, I'm punning, I'm, how good's this Melbourne podcast? I love it, the birds are quite funny. Last time we told them SP profile punters, so therefore next time you need to back Bivouac. But now they're confused because next time, what do they do? They're supposed to back Exceedance. Mark, what are you going to do? Uh, I'd back Exceedance if, you, if the, the price has flipped again, yeah. <laughs> Up to 1400 uh, Well, actually, I'm not sure if 1400s going to be as mm. good as people think for Exceedance, but it's uh, the SP profile, as always, will be something to consider. And just because Bivouac has given him a parting now doesn't mean that one should be evens and one should be three to one. I reckon there's a smoky here, boys. Kubrick. I reckon it's going to beat these two in the Golden Rose. Peter, what do you reckon? Uh, Kubrick, I don't think, was suited the way that it was ridden. It was pretty pretty heavily schnicked early. He wasn't suited by the ground in the straight. It's run the third fastest, 800 and 600 on the card. So, yeah, if you get uh, a decent price and the right-looking mat next start, I'd be happy to have something on Kubrick or Stanley. It is, would the 1400 be one too soon for him or be 
maybe even 1600. I, I think it's a proper horse. Um, I, yeah, I, you could be right though. Like I, I think a profile sort of do a lot. Like it could do anything this prep. So maybe yeah, the 1400 might be like a really good flashing run third, second in the Golden Rose. And then like, yes. Obviously, obviously, keep a really close eye on, on the good Sydney horses, and it's sort of the main one I've found so far. This this preparation. Yeah, I enough. found it. Sent it out on top. One by three. Ran fourth. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying, Rob, stick fat. Maybe go two by six next time. And then three by nine. Just keep doubling up, baby. <laughs> Race number seven, punters. It's the it's the Theo Marks 300 metres Group Two. Uh, it's been won by Arcadia Queen. The West is best. It wasn't West is fucking best in the last of Flemington, which cost me over $100,000 in the quaddy. But uh, <laughs> West is best here, Arcadia Queen. 4.1 fast to the 600 and come home 7.7. Recorded an overall benchmark figure, puninform.com.au, of 11.8. We'll start with uh, our resident Western Australian, Pete Anthony. Did this bring a tear to the eye that she proved herself on the big stage? No, nah, look, she's already proven herself on the big stage. I'm sorry there, Jack Dickens. She's already won a Group 1. She didn't even beat that figure that she recorded in that Group 1. This is a serious proper horse, and uh, I don't think we need to touch on another media. The Raptor. The Velociraptor, Rob Scurry. How did you find the Raptor? The first limit up? of Australian racing. Look, she's she's like horses I've ever seen in my life. The shape of her, she's got a, she's got a massive, like, wiry frame she's she's a bit Buddy Franklin like um, the only other Stop. horse like Saintly I'm going to bring up Saintly when he was came back as a four year old he was a, like a, a tall long Stop. horse every week mate stop showing your age you're okay. thirty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, anyway, she, she looks. I'm, she, I'm only issue with is soundness issue. She doesn't look look like look like a horse that, you know, should st stay sound. But you know, obviously the owner credit to him, Bob Peters, is you know let her grow grow up a bit. Senator Waller, giving her the grouse feed. Um, yeah, she she's she's a serious horse, and you know she's she's one that I'd usually want to take on. But I had a, a healthy respect. Um, you know, just, just on what she'd done in WA and I was expecting to see a, a pretty impressive horse and, you know, she doesn't parade very well. She gets, you know, Pete knows all this and Pete told me this and I thought she was pretty good for her. Um, and, yeah, another day, you know. You, you, I don't know where you get $2.10 with her with ball or $8 in the race um, again. But that's what happened. That's why I love racing, the opportunities you get. Um, and the opportunities and that we always miss. <laughs> You know, you hope to learn from them, but yeah, she was, um, yeah, she, she's she's an incredible, incredible-looking thing, and um, you know, Waller's got her, and I reckon she'll go, she'll she'll go well wherever she goes. But you know, um, you see, Mola, she ran pretty close here. What did they do on the data? Did we talk about the the data? Yeah, we've done the data. Form? She's she's run a big figure, but I think she could have kept going. Mark, how do you read the race, and what do you think of this horse moving forward? Oh. It's going to be a sprint prep this time because she's in the Everest, but she's, she won the Kingston Town Stakes by about six lengths over 1,800, so I don't think getting a trip-setting concern. Um, she was an absolute moral in this race, the way the track was playing from gate one, and she you know she was never going to be too far back from gate one either. And her main opposition, as Rob touched on, one of them was uh, Baller, and the other one was Trope, who matched horrendous, and, so, you know, there was, and there was just nothing else in the race. So um, did, you launch, did you launch units here? I... I I didn't, and because I've got a, a 
It's, it's hard though years doing it at 9 a.m. though. Years of experience have showed me I don't win under about 220. Doesn't matter from back and far up. I just don't finish in front doing it. So I held to that and at the turn I thought, you know, the right price is about a dollar two and I was dead <laughs> myself for not breaking my rule. Um, just for the same ball, we mentioned he was on the seven day backup from last week and I said last week he's the sort of horse who needs to be in his comfort zone against mm. horse inferior to him. That's where he's in his comfort zone. Like we saw him leading with Nash on last week, dominated. The lovely little weight drop again up in class and once he's got better horses around him he just turns it up and I think he I think he can stamp his card in. Oh well look he'd come on, he looked he looked <laughs> Way better than he did the week before. You know, on the one week backup, he'd really blossomed. And uh, I think Deploy kind of stuck it to him here. Um, he just about crossed him and then he couldn't cross him. And then, then that was it. I knew I was cooking. All of a sudden, they couldn't get out of my bet. It was $14 on Betfair. And I'm like, oh. But why not you, Mark? You know, you th- if you thought it was a dollar or two in, in play, why don't you get on Betfair in run? No, 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 no. Because I'm an Anyway, race eight punters won by Mizzy. Tricky little operation this the early the early map setup. Uh, they've got 1.7 slow to the 600, which I think is going to offend, upset, and uh, really piss off Mark Roden. And they've come home <laughs> seven lengths fast, recorded an overall figure of 5.3. It's the third slowest, fifth, fourth slowest race on the card, uh, despite being a Group Two. Phillies and mares. So they've sort of jumped, found positions and really slowed down here, which has made the bias even more pronounced, I guess. Um, Mark, we'll let you open the batting here. I know you've got a fair bit to say. Yeah, look, I'll just... I'll start by saying that I've always really liked backing Brenton Abdullah. I've had a lot of success with him over the past few years. And uh, because he's a very aggressive rider, very positive rider, puts him in the race, gives him a great chance rather than riding for luck or anything. Now, I don't know what went wrong here, because it was race eight. You know, the world and his wife knew what the track was doing by now. He's drawn to the horse inside him who was meant to lead, missed the start, so he's been gifted gifted the box seat at worst here, and he did everything in his power not to take it. That thing went ready to pop a kick up inside him again, ended up one off the fence, you know, about one, uh, one out, one or two back, and then had to circle three, four wide and a bit wider to get into the race around the turn, which, as you touched on at the start, was not the place to be in the straight. So, uh, as Rob will mention after this, there were um, there were probably harder luck stories overall in the race, but what really upset me, the, on, I thought this was a great bet on the map. She's got a good, fresh record. She was well-placed class-wise, and she just mapped perfectly from gate two, and he, uh, he just refused to take advantage of the gate and got beaten. Any chance that Champagne Colours is a bit of a nonny? Yes, absolutely. And But we would have found out if he'd box-seated and peeled out of the top of the straight in lane three or lane four and still got not gone past him, well, you know, that's life. But she didn't get the chance I thought she was going to get. Didn't, didn't the market... The market found uh, old Mizzy late, didn't it? Sort of just general, yeah, general yeah. stream of money for Miz. Rob, how did you find him in the yard? Oh, I, I couldn't have seen him any better, Dicko, but um, it's been a losing race on the units. Um, <laughs> so we've, we've got Pasika's comeback uh, outstanding here. Like, four, like he couldn't get a, a four-year-old, whatever she is, looking better first up. I think, yeah, she's just a, it's a young four-year-old. She looked, you know, ears pricked, walk, just dapples just about there. 
loved it. So she had to go out on top. Um, next was Dyslexic, was that sort of second up Hawks, perfect. You know, he's got, maybe got one more run in it, but we had a little bit on her. And third in the units, we said we had Mizzy, third in the numbers, Mizzy, no units, but said she'd come on. Um, other, then we had uh, Noir, I think, was, was fourth, who's, who might be better suited to um, a softer track. But, you know, she, she was very forward for Chris Waller. Um, look, Champagne Cuddles has got a habit of running third, and third's in close finishes. Um, she's a horse I know very, very well. Used to run against Elise. Should have beaten her a, a couple of times. And, um, look, I, I've seen her better first up. She, she's, she's come back big and strong. Um, but for a Bjorn Baker runner, I think she, she is his, you know, banner horse. And well, other than Sam Adel, but you know, where does Sam Adel come from? But yeah, I, I think I think she can go pretty deep into a prep, and I wouldn't be dropping off her. SP profile. Pete, did you like to add anything here? Uh, it's not really a race I'm going to be following going forward. Obviously, there was a couple of horses that weren't suited that we've touched on, but slow race, bunch field, none of broken class benchmark. I just put a line through it and reevaluate all these horses next time they go around, but nothing I'm going to stamp out of it. All right, punters, we head to race nine, over 1,100 metres. They've recorded a benchmark overall figure of 6.5, which is better than the group two just gone before it. Um, they went out 1.9 lengths fast. That's, that's where they beat the other race. They've come home 4.6 fast overall, 6.5. Uh, the winner was Spanish Dream. Pete, what happened in this race? Uh, for the most part, Spanish Dream sat outside the leader, was in the best part of the, the straight and kept kicking through the line, got a thunder, got itself into all sorts of bother, the short favourite, three wide without cover, was bumped onto the turn, was in the worst part of the ground in the straight and just didn't necessarily want to uh, to behave or race as generously as he probably could have. But um, And look, obviously Catch Me, we'll talk about with Robin about 15 seconds, uh, a little bit of money at, at odds. Slow away last, coming home late, strong in the worst ground. Oh dear. Oh dear. Beaten by Kathy. What a thunder looks like a type of horse that just can't be controlled. And look, Brenton's as strong as any of these jockeys. Is that your read, Rob, from the yard? Nah, no, it's pretty relaxed, you know, customer. He doesn't strike me as, as, as a headstrong type of horse. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had him fourth in the numbers. He, he looks a complete top. And I, I, on the map, I, I thought it was, I think I even said it's, I, I can't, couldn't take evens. Suggested, um, yeah, catch me. And then the, the Godolphin horse had really come on, which I thought was a bit disappointing in the straight. It had the, the right run. It had the right rider. How well Tommy Berry going at the moment? Um, you know, it never fills me with confidence finding Tommy Berry, but he's riding really well. And this horse, if it could just quicken a little bit more, it, it should have just about won this race, and it was disappointing. I don't know what to do with it going forward. Um, Ultra Royal, fresh again. You know, it seems to have... Um, it, when I mean fresh, it's, it, it looked like... It's, Plenty of improvement in it. It was a bit above itself in its attitude and, you know, dancing around a bit. But he was like that when he won at Kenzo. Um, you know, watch him again. But, yeah, um, Catch Me. You've got, you've got to stick that with Catch Me. It's recorded the fifth fastest last six and 400 metres of the day and the seventh fastest last 200. And from what Pete's saying, Mark's saying, and you're saying, is in the worst part of the straight doing that. So it's a pretty impressive run. Mark, what's your read on this race? Yeah, I, I had no interest in it. I thought... Uh, God Thunder was coming off a peak on a heavy track back to dry um, which wouldn't have bothered me too much but as Rob touched on the map was awful uh, how you could take 210 or whatever this horse I don't know because people 
you know, Twitter blew up about the ride, about him being three wide and whatever after the race, but I just couldn't see how he was going to get anywhere near the right spot in the run. It was only 1,100 metres. Um, oh, yeah, just an awful, awful map for him. I uh, didn't know what was going to win, so stayed out. I mean, looked a great little class drop and other things for Catch Me, but um, she drew 10 as well. He was going to need everything to go right, um, and nothing did. All right, anything else we should take from the meeting, boys? I don't know. Um, in the highway, um, I, I let um, ratings get in, in front and yard pick get in front of um, map. And map was so important on the day. Um, this horse looks like Harry, nothing like Harry. Uh, I think it should be winning um, just about, you know, if it gets this better set up. could actually make a, a Sydney... A middle distance horse, <laughs> off season Saturday horse, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. Mark, anything you want to follow from the meeting? Uh, no, I will say on that highway, I think it, that might that would have been a bad race at Dubbo that highway on Saturday. It's one of the worst races I've ever seen in town in my life. Um, <laughs> um, anything I want to follow? Uh, not, not particularly outside of the um, you know the headline horses like you know the good three-year-olds and Arcadia Queen. Um, Trope, if he gets suited, Trope, I think he's got stack of ability, but um, again, one of those heartbreak horses like Casper Becchio, who's going to need things to go right. But if, if he does get, you know, a big track, a lot of speed on um, sort of set up, he might be worth following. And, and although the numbers are pretty poor, um, just thinking, uh, I know he, he had the right set up in the, in the Dulcify, but um, 2000 is going to be his go. Um, so we uh, watching uh, watching out for him as the distances get further. I reckon there's a chance they'll bring Trope down to Melbourne. It's sort of was a good win a high-pressure race down the straight, if, if such a thing still exists. Yeah. A big field on it. Yeah, no, they, they, they exist. That's not very common. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rob, is there a particular horse you want to follow outside the obvious, or are you done? No. Nah. Uh, look, uh, um, we knocked the wind out of me a little bit there, Mark, with the the comment on the highway. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, we'll, we'll, bat, we'll bat on. We got we got we got a double header this week. Um, my one of my favourite meetings of the year is the Newcastle um, Cup, so we'll do that, and then we'll, we'll back up to Colgate Opti- Optic White Day, which is a disgrace that it's still called that. It's, it's not still called that, is it? It is. It is. Mark, will you be doing ratings for uh, Matt Ratings prices and all the other stuff you do, the great stuff you do for Newcastle? I will be doing selections and I'll probably do a preview of the big races, uh, you know, a sort of short preview. I'll be doing full full set for Warwick Farm Wednesday, uh, selections Campbell Thursday and uh, probably detailed selections for Newcastle on Friday. All right, boys, busy week ahead. Pete, is there a horse you want to follow from uh, Rose Hill? Probably. Kubrick. Um, but just to the other two, just before we, we leave, what are we doing with Arcadia Queen going to the Everest? Um, well, well, why do, do you think 1,200 not what oh. she wants? I mean, she's obviously going to have a whole prep geared to it. I think she's able to do whatever she wants I think she's clearly good enough yeah. to do anything so uh, I'm happy to back her I already have backed her almost crashed the car when I heard Bob Peters saying that she was going to the Everest so I'm at, I'm at uh, 26 for as much as I could humanly get on um, so, so I'm sticking with her mm. that's delicious about 60 bucks 
It's, it's enough to pay for airfares to fly up there if I need to. <laughs> um, yeah, look, she's she's in the race for sure. Uh, uh, you know, it's one of those real, those, uh, you know, one of the group one sprinters we've got, like Pirata or something, pulls out one of their huge mm. figures or Santa Ana Lane or that Pest Osborne Bulls. Uh, she's going to know she's in a race over 1200, but yeah, she's, she's in it. Right, she's boys. a freak, man. Staying, staying sound's going to be her issue. Um, she's, she's like no, no horse in training in Australia, maybe in the world. She's, she's, she's a velociraptor. <laughs> the raptor. All right, boys, thanks for that. Enjoyed it. Punters, that's Sydney done and dusted. We'll head to Flemington. Bye-bye. Thanks very much to Mark Roden and helping us out with the review of Rose Hill. It's been great to have him on board for this spring carnival, but it's now time for Flemington. The hashtag West is best. The carnival is rolling on into fantastic and outstanding results for us sand gropers. Just fill-ups on course everywhere. People are buying new cars just because we kept the faith with Gatting. And my goodness, that Arcadia Queen form line running third to her in the Group 1 Kingston Town over here. That looks pretty decent all of a sudden. Dicko, how would you find Gatting? How would you enjoy him? I love Gatting. I really, really love the horse. Um, it's saved me a stack a stack of money. I thought that Mystic Journey was very vulnerable. Uh, on the on the YouTube show, I was harsh, very harsh when I wanted to lay out. I hated how she mapped and thought second up. I thought the form was a bit chinky out of the uh, Cliff's Edge race. She paraded awfully. I was harsh, harsh against her again. I gapped her. Uh, they jumped. She was three wide cast. I patted myself on the back. Good boy. Strong behaviour, Jack. You stuck to your guns here. Well done. Then Ben Allen he sneaked heavily on on 50 stars just to get it to sort of settle on the week back up. Bit bit toey it was. Uh, in slotted Mystic Journey, three pairs back, one off. The G spot, no good for me. Uh, started to panic a bit, then started to really really shit myself as I saw the 400 when he wasn't even touching her and she was just looming up and all she had to do was run past 100 or one shot and I was completely and utterly cast. But as it was, Jay Carr gave that thing an absolute peach. He, he's strong, balanced, rhythmic little rider. Great riding. Thank you, and God bless Gadding, because it saved me a packet. Rob Scurry, your day in Sydney town. Uh, obviously, viewing the Flemington card, uh, did you find many of the Sydney gallopers? I, look, yeah, I certainly was following the Mounting Yard Mail, and, um, you know, when Dicko sent out Tenley, um, strong... Uh, athletic, I was like, oh, it's fucking time to launch. Because I had that second in the numbers to Libertini. She looked like she'd come back beautifully. You know, I love my three-year-old fillies. I'm thinking 1,400. I'm thinking Flemington. This is a good bet at $7. Okay. Well, we- what about what about West is best? I'll give you what isn't best about the West. is The movers' bets we had was um, Spanish Whisper in race six. So I've had it and Miss Cisco in a quaddy with field. Everything but Mystic Journey in the big race into field into Material Man in oh, the quaddy. It would have been like a hundred plus thousand dollars just right. to put a bit more Maybe. pressure on the horse, which I also had in bankers and everything else. But um, yeah, Material Man shit the bed for us for the and for the Western Australians. So I'll just calm down a little bit with West is best. West is outstanding, but Material Man, what, what is it gone, Pete? 
Uh, probably hard to find excuses there, um, given where it settled and Barshu off and all the rest of it. But uh, it did have a really big preparation and campaign last year uh, coming over before it came over east and just hasn't quite been able to reproduce that best form that we saw. But, you know, it, we might find a position for the horse, but, yeah, I'd certainly want to see it improve a lot more and I, I don't think it had a better chance than on Saturday. Yeah, anyway, we're not going to talk much about race nine. We're going to talk about races three, five, six, and seven. And race three, we had a really strong close from a good good Sydney horse in Tenley. Scurry's a big Tenley man. And I am now uh, number two in the family. I know Scooty, Nick Heathcote, loves it. We might have snipped something up in a bit of a futures bet, courtesy of Nick. is athletic, powerful, strong, really, really impressive, and it did more than enough there in race three. Rob, thoughts? Yeah, fucking proper three-year-old filly. Um, you're probably on a thousand guineas, and she'll be hard to beat. Um, you know, the first up run looked looked a bit poor, um, but, yeah, she's just back to where I thought she was as one of the top two or three fillies in Australia. Yeah, it's a really nice race. They've gone 3.8 lengths fast to the 600 and come home 3.9 lengths fast, 7.7 overall figure it's just really well ridden race by the guys up up the front uh jay might on legionnaire was outstanding um snap dancer which brings a very interesting formula for us boys uh it was three wide cast it looked like it was moral at the 200 and just couldn't get there and you wouldn't believe it the horse that it ran that it beat that ran second to it five minutes later got beaten at fucking a chicka that might be the, uh, the mailbag horse in Carmen San Diego. We won't dwell on that. <laughs> uh, it's not the mailbag horse. It's Pete Anthony's horse. But um, it was a very, very frustrating little little patch there. I, I was mentally unwell for a little bit, I've got to admit. I, he took off He took off before acceptances there, Jay Fryer. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to throw up, go watch Race 3 to Chuka upon us. But... Um, Tenley's clock, the 37th fastest last 600 here, then the 17th fastest last 400, and then savaged it, the third fastest <laughs> last 200. Like, this is, oh, this is a Charlie oh, thing. Just, so I'll just, like, tip the whole thing out, and I'm going to get stuck right in this hoover. Uh, this is just a real thought, sort of attack of the line. Get me out and trip, please. Uh, just, just when you thought she couldn't win. You know, it was 150 to go. How She had four lengths to make up, and then at the 50, like, she still can't win. And then... One more stride, she's just about got him. Missile Mantra went enormous too, I thought. Very, very impressive. It was an on-pace suited day, uh, on-pace suited race. I, I think that the track was really fair, but a, when they're fair, you still want to be sort of midfield or further forward, I think. So uh, Missile Mantra can also be followed, but Tenley, wow. wow. Race five, Pete, what they do to the... Punningform.com.au data. It was even. It was even there. It was even on the way home as well. Uh, nothing has broken the class benchmark overall, but Dallas San for Clark, the jockey of the Raquel. moment. Raquel. Raquel has uh, done some outstanding things here on Dallas San. Yeah, great ride. She just sat on it and just, just, it just, it just dragged to the wind. I thought it was a really <laughs> big performance by Dubious. Um, Super Seth. I think a little bit of a pop there. Further, the the mental anguish which I was dealing with post the Carmen San Diego debacle was the fact that we launched so heavily at Sebricate to beat Super Seth at their last start. 
to win a severe amount of money and Willow willowed it. And then it, it ran really well here and killed Super Seth. So I felt sick about not collecting at Caulfield. Uh, I'm not sure what to do out of this race. It'll be a good form race because Dallasan was in it. But I, I, don't, I, would, I don't know what to do, so I don't know if anyone else would. Do you guys have an opinion moving forward with the form here? No, I, I took the cash on Dallasan on Saturday, and, and that, I'm just pretty happy with that. I'm not sure I'll be following up again next start unless the, the race looks really suitable. But, uh, yeah, no, for me, I'll just be leaving this, this race, I think. All right, race six, Peter, Spanish Whisper, Chaz, what they do to the data? Yeah, they've gone slow. They've gone slow. And again, nothing has broken class benchmark, although it must be said Spanish Whisper has actually returned with 0.0, so it technically hasn't broken class benchmark, but it's landed bang on it. Um, but yeah, just a slowly run race up front overall. Yeah, Spanish Whisper's just done Spanish Whisper things. It's funny how much better the horse goes when it's put into the ring. It's Pippi. First up, off a really strong trial, it was snicked and it was negative early and it savaged it. Ran second to Pippi, which is really, really good form in Melbourne at the moment. Put much further and much more positive uh, early here, put it in the race and just strong late. It was a winning from the 400, I thought. Miss Siska went really well. Uh, I think it can be followed. It walks really, really well, can improve in condition. Um, Fidelia needs the right setup. But Jesus, it's a good horse. Uh, it's clocked the second fastest last six, the fourth fastest last four and 200 metres of the entire day here for Delia. Uh, it, it's a proper horse. Just needs the right setup. And sort of, as Mark spoke about earlier in the podcast, it's one of those horses, a bit like trope. But you need the right price because it's not going to win all the time because of the way it's ridden. What are we doing with my pendant going forward? I could almost bet again. I... Didn't want to find it, and it it paraded the best it's paraded uh, this preparation. I think it went enormous. Uh, the, the way the race was run, and then the data that you just read out sort of backs it up. As if if a horse like Spanish Whisper was was there and and right, they're not going to stop. Like Spanish Whisper's got Mystic Journey for Mystic Journey's a beast. So it did it did all it could do. Same with a horse like Fidelia. So I think I think. Both Fidelia and the horse you just mentioned, my pendant, can both be followed. My pendant's clocked the fifth fastest last six, eighth fastest last four, and the twelfth fastest last 200. Now, whilst everything saying was really fair, I'm doing it and the Fidelia's were make ground if you had clear air in a straight than where the my pendants were. Okay. Very good. Uh, where are we up to? Race seven. Whoa. Race seven, Maccabi Diva, uh, Gaddy. We've spoken about this race a fair bit. What they do the data here, Peter? Uh, they've gone even. Uh, for the class, they've gone even. 1.2 lengths fast. Two to 600. Every horse down to Night's Watch, who finished ninth. They've all broken the class benchmark in this field. Uh, look, what do, we, what do we make of the stewards questioning uh, trainer Darren McAuliffe? Uh, with the re- improved performance of Gadding, I thought it was pretty straightforward. You look at the last two Group 1s the horse has been in. Railway Stakes ran second to Galaxy Star, and then against Arcadia Queen in the Group 1, Kingston Towns run third. Here it is, first time seeing tempo in quite a while, and uh, put itself right into the race courtesy of the great ride. The horse is rock fit. You would have seen him. I described him as Mike Tyson's bull mastiff. Did you get that vibe? Well, you couldn't. Like, you're describing... You're, you're fucking... Descriptions of these horses was so helpful and spot on, but I forgot what you said 
till after the race here, as I made very clear in our chat group. It it tried to put its poor strapper through the fence about five times. She <laughs> walked on the roses more than... Uh, now, this is a little bit of a theory I've just come up with in my head just then. Perhaps that's why. Because you're not supposed to walk on the roses there at Flemington. You're not supposed to do a lot of things. You're not allowed to take photos unless you, unless you've got a badge on. She she wrecked and ruined a lot of roses ahead of the spring carnival. And this horse was the cause. Uh, it was an awful parade for a traditional, you know, blanket look, way to look at horses. But it paraded exactly as you described. Um, yeah, it's shatting. It it. I I'm a huge huge gift man, as you two know. I love gifts, and probably my top three stock deliveries in the gift sort of world one of my favorites is the doctor dr phil when he's just like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of the one i would have used here for why this horse was questioned like what i i kind of i like that they question it to be honest but it's, it's that they don't question other ones that's the problem it just looks odd and weird it doesn't make any sense i think now uh, perhaps all stewards in all states should get their hands on a punning form pro subscription and understand a little bit more so the data and why it happens and what happens. It it's improved five lengths of what it's ever done, but it's it's run plus tens before. And once you're sort of running plus tens, you've got severe ability. I think the other thing to keep in mind is those those Perth figures. Like as soon as you get to plus ten in Perth, you can then elevate strongly off that going over east because typically we're not having these huge fields, massive group ones. We're getting all these huge yeah. class animals. So it's not to say you can't reach those levels over here. It's just that you, you're untested for the most part. So I think having plus 10s in your arsenal from last preparation, I think that's a really good platform to then come over east and do your best work. Yeah, and very rarely has Gadding gone that fast to the 600. Mm. So when when good when horses have done more than enough in other states in in weaker states and they come to the to the number one state and run in hot races they get new setups they get to, they get to they get the opportunity to go to a new level grouse feed race uh, that's it anything else you want to talk about in this race like the big closes well Mr Quickie Mr Quickie's gone fucking enormous <laughs> fastest last six hundred of the meeting second fastest last four hundred and equal. Fastest last 200. I saw a couple that were saying it was fastest last two. That's being very unfair to the Elton Zara boys and Zatori, who in race eight clocked the fastest last four and equal fastest last 200 of the day and an overall figure of 14.2. It's gone fucking enormous. Uh, Zatori's a proper horse. It was bolting. Yep. Can I say, Dicko, I had a good go at heart in all the places, so Mr. Quickie is awful. <laughs> and you just don't fuck with the VRC roses, all right? They he does heritage, heritage stuff. So I think you're onto something there. It, uh, well, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, when you say it out loud. Uh, also in race number seven, there's a bunch of races, like horses to follow. I think Rostropovich is, if you're that way inclined, a small spec bet at the Caulfield Cup. It did more than enough uh, to to sort of justify being backed in a big race like the Caulfield Cup. Uh, I, I think every horse in this race you can follow with some confidence down to Humidor. Below that, Overhood, Yucatan, Gala, Chop, Sound, Quafila. Uh, I'm probably against them now. Humidor, whilst beaten a fair way, if you watch a replay, it was really, really strong through the line. Um, it's a big horse. Still got plenty of condition to come. Um Kingsville Dream, ridden a little bit upside down. I think it went really well. Night Watch, it's it's like Arcadia's Queen's like little brother, I reckon. 
there's almost a little bit of a raptor about it. It's got a real, real presence in the yard, real purpose to the walk. I, I loved its parade. Uh, 50 stars going awesome. Hartnell will, will, will go well again. And I, I think Mr. Uh, Mystic Journey will win whatever it wants. What are we doing with Scales of Justice? If it goes back to 400, I want to be with it. Uh, if it goes out and trip, I don't want to be with it. I think it's a 1,200 metre to 400 metre. I think it's a 400 metre specialist. Okay. It, it, it was winning that race at the 400. It had the perfect run. Uh, and, and it just sort of it hasn't stopped at all. It's just like there's more dynamic horses over 1,600. And the, like, the, if it got out and trip, it was like, like Mr. Quickie, Night's Watch, at, at Wait for Age, will run past it. All right, Dicko. What are we up to this week? What's the what's the schedule for Mountain Yard Mail subscribers? Uh, we've got Cranbourne Wednesday. We've got a major, major announcement for the mailbag on Thursday. We've got a huge free agent signing, which I'm very excited about. Um, we've got a Betfair third-party app, which I'll be speaking at, giving away a bit of intel Wednesday night. We have two tickets left. I'll talk about it on Twitter probably. And on Thursday night, we've got the Betfair function. So... Um, See how, see how we go on Wednesday. I might have to just have to shuttle you two in for the night. We'll see how we go. Um, and then Saturday, we're at Caulfield for uh, the Sir Rupert Clark Group 1. Big day. I might be able to charter my own plane over after the uh, Jade McNaught Clinic on Saturday at Belmont. <laughs> Thank you. Just stay calm with your Jade love, my man. But uh, she is airborne. Didn't you win the first at York? I think yep. I was on sneaky, just watching the bet fair in play. I thought, just thought, I think we just had that disappointing run with Ollie in Geelong, and I saw McNaught was up in the next four bucks, five no, bucks I race. Think, I think, I think that horse, that horse can be followed. Move as punters, don't give away the name though, boys. I think that'd be winning next start. Very good. Well, uh, unless, unless it was the, the one in race two. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. All right, that's us. Yeah. Guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Feedback, always encouraged. Email jack at themailbag.com.au. Please subscribe to the podcast so you can get it. And I think we should start trying to get people to rate them. I'm not sure what that actually means, but everyone else I listen to on podcast says, please like, share, and rate our podcast. So please do that too. Uh, Powered by Punny Form, Betting with Betfair, and Hydrated by Goat Lager. Cheers. Bye.